LaMelo Ball flirts with another triple-double. Was it one of the best performances of his career? We ask that after the Hornets beat the Hawks last night. Plus, Mark Williams had the play of the day. We talk about all of it on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube, by the way. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Walker Mail. Catch me on WFNZ from 12 to 3. That's Doug Branson, everyhornetsboxscore.com. That's where you find his Substack, Every Hornets Box Score. And what do we have today for David Shubaka? Yes, another nice. excellent nickname, the Shubaka, the Sultan of Sneakers. He's had a million nicknames. That's David Walker. Find him on Twitter at David B. Walker. Do you approve of the new nickname or do you like the other ones better? <laughs> I like this one. You know, okay. you never know what's going to come out. This is a good one, though. Shubaka is my favorite. I'm a Star yep. Wars geek, though. Chewy. So. I'm all about it. Shuey is fantastic. All of it. Very, very good. Let's get to the game last night. LaMelo Ball, I thought, was amazing just as much as everybody else did who was watching this game. But I did have this just little teaser. So for those that don't know, every once in a while during a cold open, there will be some technical difficulties or I will just flat out mess up and then we have to repeat it. And yeah, we've gotten better over the years where it doesn't usually take two, three, four, ten times, but it did happen today. And in the tease, I asked the same question that I did in this cold open. Was it one of the best performances of LaMelo's career? It might sound a little hot, but this is the reason I ask. 30 points for LaMelo on 12 of 19 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3. Okay, shooting great. Points are there, all of that. 15 assists. He had uh, he had only 6 rebounds. But still, 15 assists, I think, more than accounts for that. On top of the 30 points, but here's another one. Zero fouls, zero mm. personal fouls for LaMelo Ball. Mm. Something very weird to see from LaMelo, who is one of the one well most uh, prolific foulers in the game today. David, I ask you, do you think it's a little too hot to ask him? I, you know, you got the Bucks games up there. You got some Pacers performances. I mean, he kills Indiana. But I do think this is absolutely one of the better performances I've seen. Yeah, for one reason, Doug called out in uh, his Every Hornets box score today. It's Atlanta. Uh, you have all full reign to get wins against Atlanta this season. Whenever you can do that, you know, as Lamella said, it's 30 minutes right down the road. Um, <laughs> and it's a, it's, a, it's a natural rivalry. It's a natural rivalry. And, you know, Lamello. <laughs> Did you, did you see that, Doug? Did you hear yeah, that? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. He well, he was mistaking. It's it's an easy mix-up. He was mistaking Atlanta for Gastonia. It's an easy well, mix-up. The, the Gastonia is a, a growing metropolis. He thinks it's Atlanta. It's either well, that guys, or he's talking that is, plain. He's talking plain minutes, yeah, right? That, it's, it's the lifestyle be. of a private jet, baby. That's, exactly. like, That's what I recognize minutes. it. Right. I'm like, by chopper, mm, 45. <laughs> 30 but, minutes away. Uh, I'll tell you this, though, though, Walker, he doesn't have any he doesn't have that playoff success. Right. I mean, that's where career defining performances are really stamped. He doesn't have that yet. So, I mean, anytime he does this zero fouls, you know, against Atlanta at home, a prolific, uh, energetic game, it's got to be ranked up there with the best of his career. What do you think, Doug? 
Yeah, I think I think it definitely you you could make an argument, and I think that speaks more to his not being involved in a lot of you know important games more so than you know it speaks to this particular game. But look, thirty points and fifteen assists, gaudy numbers. Uh, the previous two games, he was one rebound away from a triple double. Steve Clifford joked after the game, "Tell Lamelo to rebound a little bit more; he can get these triple doubles." He had six in this one. He was joking, obviously. There's but six be made threes. Well, yeah, yeah, you never know. Um, but six made threes, and four of them came in the uh, third quarter, and that was a defining quarter in this game when Atlanta was. They were trying to make their run, especially offensively. But this game, you know, meaningless. And I'll say this, if I were to argue against this being the one of the better games of his career or the best game of his career, I guess, if that's what we're talking about, is that he did have an assist to Gordon Hayward late. But the the huge plays were P.J. burying the dagger three, mm-hmm. Mark blocking Trey's three-point shot, and then Gordon Hayward hitting the three at, at 156 left. So, you know, he didn't have that sort of narrative shot in, mm-hmm. in the game. That would be my only argument against it. But I but I totally he, could see this argument. Yeah, and he did assist on that Mark Williams breakout, right? He got a nice yeah. little the, the mellow classic touch pass was beautiful. And so there's not many guys that do that. Just instinctively, he's one of them. So that, that did help for that break. Well, Plus, well, Mark well, Williams needs all the space he can get he to yeah. beat the defense <laughs> on a fast break. And so he was able to do that. Yeah, you had something else, Doug? Well, yeah, and and really, fifteen assists is a gaudy number, but he could be doing that more often if this team were shooting better. I mean, this was oh yeah uh, for this season an unprecedented offensive output. I think they finished with twenty made threes. It was insane. It was honestly, it was kind of the type of performance that they were known for last season. I mean, they got forty three wins last season because their shooting was able to basically cover up a lot of that the other sins that that team had this season that shooting has not been here for a variety of reasons and they're really the same team defensively that they were last season and so you know he could be putting up these kind of numbers if if guys were just shooting better oh and and we talked a little bit about since the trade deadline since the season has been going downhill which basically has happened since the start what do you watch for? What What is the reason to watch the Charlotte Hornets team? And you got it last night with LaMelo. You got it with Mark. You got it with some of these other nice performances, but you can't expect that consistently or they'd have more wins, right? L- LaMelo, he is the special one here. And then Mark Williams, he's the exciting one. That might just solve the problem that we have been trying to solve for the last decade at center. Mark Williams has that ability with what he's been able to do since entering the rotation. And we'll just get to the play before we move on to the next segment. Uh, that that was amazing. Mark Williams on the perimeter, where he's been on the perimeter quite a bit the last few games. You know, since playing a lot more, like we see him in those in those uh, moments and uh, lots of pick and roll situations that he's put in. Now, Clint Capella, I thought I thought Nikola Jokic got Mark Williams the best of them, and of course, mm-hmm. the dude's the MVP. It's exactly what everybody expected going into that game. I thought Clint Capella did too for a large portion of this game. Clint Capella was yeah. more physical. And, and this is the one where I thought, okay, that's that's an outright post loss, if you will. You had one against Jokic. Okay, MVP. I think you got one against Capella. And it doesn't mean that I think Mark Williams was awful in all aspects. We're about to give him all the praise in the world here. I did think Clint, Clint Capella played better than him for sure in the early going. But then you're out on the perimeter. You block Trey Young's shot. 
and then you immediately you release right like you're ready to go because you kind of have that instinct as well not only does Lamelo have it to tip out but mark williams is releasing too and then you get your you know lottie da you know one <laughs> two three steps from basically 75 feet out and then just this soft little dunk throw in it was great steve clifford was excited on the sideline one of the plays of the year too especially beating atlanta david it was awesome yeah, and I think that was a big concern, especially around draft time, was how would Mark Williams handle, not even thinking about like matching up against people like Trey Young on the perimeter, but just being kind of in space. And uh, I think he's handled himself fine so far. You know, he's shown me that he's a little more athletic, a little more able to move in those, in those spaces. And uh, he just does things, you know, at seven feet with that long reach and especially around the basket that you just can't, you know, you can't teach. You can't teach height, guys. I don't know if you've heard about that. But so mm, he, he's just in there taking up space, and his hands are, are are so good right now that he's able to catch those balls and finish. But, I mean, that was a special play. And he makes, you know, he's, yeah. he's having trouble with, with veteran post guys. Everyone's going to have trouble with Jokic. Uh, Capella is, you know, diving to the rim. So there's all good lessons in there. Uh, but Mark Williams still managed to make an impact on the game shooting only seven shots, right? They obviously don't need him to be a scorer, but he's still giving you 15 points. He's making impact plays, and that's pretty big. That's not something you would expect. I mean, Trey Young had to be salivating when he saw Mark Williams out there, and and they got the best of him. So you have to feel good about that. Oh, he was absolutely attacking Mark Williams. I mean, yeah. there, there's no question about it. In the past couple of games, you've seen teams – really go after Mark Williams, and, and that makes sense. These are teams that all need to rack up wins for playoff positioning, and they understand where the greatest weakness is with the Charlotte Hornets team defensively, and it's with Mark Williams in the pick and roll. And, and I think Mark Williams is a smart guy, so I, I think he's going to learn from all of you know this time that he's going to get for the rest of the season and then into the offseason and come back. You know, in the storyline next season is most likely going to be, wow, Mark Williams has really improved his pick-and-roll defense, especially if Steve Clifford sticks around. Because, I mean, I think if he spends some time with Steve Clifford in the offseason, he, he will definitely soak up the knowledge that Steve Clifford um, can provide for him because Steve has coached a lot of great bigs um, as an assistant coach and as a head coach. So uh, I'm not worried about that. But, he, but really, like, he's either got to beef up and toughen mm -hmm. up, especially on the boards – or he has to learn how to shoot threes. If he does both, then he, you know, we're talking about maybe a Giannis level sort of transformation, but he's got to do one or the other. Uh, because at this point, he's, he's such a negative on the boards. I mean, what did he finish with? I think he finished five, with five rebounds, okay? And he yeah. played 29 minutes. You can't finish with five rebounds in 29 minutes. I mean, and, and you didn't even have a game where LaMelo was like stealing a bunch of rebounds. LaMelo only had six. Uh, and they got crushed on the boards in this one. 16 offensive rebounds for uh, for Atlanta. So one of the other has to happen for Mark Williams uh, for his, I think, his career to sort of reach an all-star level. Well, and and I I totally expect him to put more weight on. The NBA does a phenomenal job at that. You have your instances where it doesn't work, I guess. Like people mm -hmm. will bring up Kevin Durant and, you know, maybe, I mean, there are some skinny players out there for sure. Mark Williams is going to put weight on. I have zero doubt about it because he has to. And even I even think even if he does shoot threes, the guy's 7-1. It's not like you're going to play him at power forward and not bring him in. <laughs> right. I don't think there's any shot. Even if he becomes a 40% three-point shooter, dude's putting on weight. Like, you know, yeah. I think so. It's all about can he get leverage? Can he deal with smaller players? I'll tell you as a post player sometimes, man, like it's way worse to deal with guys that can get under your hip and take you for a ride than the taller guys because then you just can't get position. And so when Clint Capella 
has that physicality. He's mean. He's also diving and he's pretty athletic too. It's it's tough. And so, yeah, Mark Williams is going to have to absolutely beef up, learn the tricks of the trade on how to establish position down low. And if he does that, then yeah, hopefully the rebounding numbers go up because you're right. Five at seven, one, you got to rebound better than that. There's just no doubt about it because you at seven, one, that's you going big, which means other players are going to be smaller, which means they don't have a great shot of getting the rebounds. That's you. That's mm -hmm. what you got to do. So there's no doubt about it. All right. Mark Williams, Lamella ball. Those are absolutely reasons to watch the Charlotte Hornets. We got a couple of other ones though for you coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Let's talk Bryce McGowan's after the weekend that he had also getting some run in this game against Atlanta. And then we'll go to Doug's notebook, empty what we've seen and uh, talk a little bit about the observations, get David's takes on the trade deadline. We still have a lot to do here on Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the midway point of the NBA season. Really, it's here and it's gone now. And it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's the reason it's so great to be a part of it. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. So many things you can bet on. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. Is Locked On Hornets. I know a lot about the weight room. I know a lot, a ton, ton about the weight. I, I, I don't, I don't lift a lot of weights, uh, but I do kind of stand around the weight room. I sort of, I kind of. Are you using that? Are you, you're good. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. good. And you know, no, I stand yeah. around the weight room a lot. Do you have the high socks and the headband on with your hair tied back? Oh yeah, big like white tube socks for sure. Yeah, yeah. headband. Yeah, I've got it all. I've got yeah, big, head, these big head, these headphones right here that you see me wearing on YouTube right now. I take these into the gym. <laughs> so I just, you know, it's about looking professional. You got to look the part, right? Dress for the job that you want. That's how I feel about how I am in the weight room. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. David Walker joins us making a weekly appearance, possibly two appearances this week because of the all-star break coming up. It's David's favorite time of year. We always mm -hmm. have him. It's an annual tradition to bring David Walker back to talk about the all-star break. So we'll get to that later on in the week as well. Friday, we'll bring you back on and we'll talk a little bit more about it. I wanted to discuss the trade deadline with you, though. We have not gotten your trade deadline takes. What did you make of how the Charlotte Hornets operated? Jalen McDaniels, Mason Plumley, no Terry Rozier trade, no Gordon Hayward trade, nothing like that. What was your overall takeaway? Yeah, not enough second round picks coming back. I mean, apparently there was <laughs> like two. There, there was, I mean, 40, 40 to 50. I feel like should have been the goal. Um, no, I mean, I wasn't too surprised. I think you guys hit on a bunch of it earlier, but I, I mean, we just have not seen a big blockbuster trade of the trade deadline, right? So, like, we're not going to see the Hayward. Um, w once things got shaken up uh, with the Lakers, it didn't feel like Terry would be moving out either. And so Plumley felt about right. Uh, market's never been higher. Um, you know, God bless. He did his thing here. It was fun to see him kind of max out. And, um, you know, past that, the, the, um, 
um, the McDaniels trade, the reactions you were getting, you guys saw it. I mean, everybody on, on Hornets Twitter saw it, like disappointment, um, kind of being upset at that trade. But, gosh, you look back at the play, since his name popped up in trade talks, it just has not been impactful, and it's been head-scratching. Uh, more often than not. So, I mean, it felt like he would be the one to possibly move out. You thought maybe Kelly may be in there, but the injury is such a question mark. So, I mean, not too many surprises for me and not really, honestly, like not too many reasons to just be upset other than the fact that there was nothing big happened. You know, there were some things that happened. It's not going to change the trajectory of this season. And I didn't have that expectation. So for me, you know, it was a little more par for the course. They try to do a few things here and there, pick up a couple of second-round picks. But, Doug, to your point, it's like, how do you even pocket those? Like, what, what do you even do with those? You just put them on your pillow at night and hope they hmm. – hope you can use yeah. them someday down the road. You take them to a coin star at a food lion. And- right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you lose one second-round pick when you turn them all into Adam Silver, at least one. I mean, so mm-hmm. that's why people are trying to pick it all up because you got to pay for the machine somehow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many different second-round picks that are exchanging hands here. And, you know, no Jalen McDaniels, no Mason Plumley now, right? Like, so now, I mean, we keep asking the question, what is there to draw you to this Hornets team? And we talked about LaMelo and Mark in the first in the first segment. But, Doug, I know you've been a big fan of Bryce McGowan's, and I know you put that out on Twitter. He's been back in the rotation. Steve Clifford, he took questions about not only Bryce, but James Booknight. And when he was asked about Booknight, he brought up the second rounder from Nebraska, saying, look, you know, James has a good attitude about playing in Greensboro. He just needs to see the floor, and the schedule has kind of worked out to where we're playing the same night that the Swarm is. And because Booknight is down there, it's really a lot, you know, to do with Bryce McGowan's having passed him on the depth chart. And that's why he's getting all of these minutes with the Charlotte Hornets as we speak. I know you're excited about that as well. I really am because I think he he has uh, – we, we've talked about how sort of he belongs on the floor. Like he looks very comfortable out there. He's still making rookie mistakes. This Atlanta game in particular, there were – multiple instances of him, you know, either turning the basketball over or not being in the right position or, you know, he had a transition uh, possession where, you know, he really needed to wait for that secondary break, but instead he took it right into, I think, DeAndre Hunter and just got it uh, swatted back, uh, turned it over. So, but then he learned from that. There was a following transition possession where he did wait for the secondary break and he got it to P.J. Washington for a bucket. So, you know, things are going to happen for McGowan's. I'm super excited for him because I, I think, again, you look at just sort of the size for his position and, and his ability to, when, when he does attack, to finish through contact. I think it's been super impressive. I'm, I'm really excited for McGowan's. Um, and, and I think, you know, he makes more sense just when you think about Jalen and what they're missing from the lineup, it makes more sense to play him than book night. What I'm still surprised at, and I think hopefully will change as, as this season moves along is that they're still not really finding McGowan's for a lot of offense. And that bench unit needs offense. They don't have really a go-to score without Kelly Oubre out there. And so I, I'd like to see them run a little bit more of the – let McGowan's make some mistakes, run a little bit more of the offense through him instead of having Terry or LaMelo or Gordon or whoever is out there from the starting unit with that bench unit taking so many possessions. 
David, are, are you excited about Bryce too? Because you know, when we talked about the deadline stuff, just where the assets are, how they rank, you know, that at least the ones that are already here, not including draft picks. Bryce McGowan's is the guy I was like, I'd rather not include him in any of these trades. Sure, he's not untouchable because Lamelo's the only guy there, but I'd rather not. I'd like to hold on to Bryce McGowan's and see what he can develop into. So how excited are you about just the potential of what he could bring as a second round pick, maybe another one that Kupchak hits on? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. If you're upset that you, we that, that they traded McDaniels because of the development he was able to show, you should be tuning in to watch McGowan's. Get in early, right? Get in on the ground floor of this and be there the whole way because he's shown flashes early on in his rookie year uh, that's got to have you encouraged. I mean, was a guy like a lot of the draft um, reviews coming out were – you know, couldn't really score, couldn't shoot, couldn't really give you much of anything on offense outside of maybe slashing, but but maybe it would give you some defense. And I think we've seen a lot more than that this year. So you have to be uh, on the upside of him being able to improve and, and, you know, reach a higher ceiling. And like I said, like, they've been able to do that. I mean, they have been able to do that. You can argue with – or you can be upset with the fact that maybe they're moving on from some of these guys. I'd argue that maybe McDaniels – is pretty close to his ceiling, you know what I mean? Uh, gets in a better situation, maybe he could have some moments. But uh, McGowan's maybe the next man up as far as second-round picks. And, uh, yeah, you would like to see him with a little more punch off the bench, though, to your point, Doug. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get in now because he's going to trade him for a net second-round pick in return. So <laughs> make, sure you, yeah, make sure don't you dare. Make sure I'm just Don't you no, do don't it, Mitch. Don't talk to me. Talk to Mitch. I'd I'm, love to I'm, hold on to him if you can. Got my eyes on you, Mitch. Don't you dare move. I, but I think – But I th seriously, I think Mitch loves Bryce. I think he loves second-rounders that he hits on. Uh, and, and it's just crazy oh. to think that Mark and Bryce are in the rotation right now. They're making mistakes, but they look good. And here you have the, the the class before them, Book Knight and Kai, nowhere to be found. It's crazy. First rounders, first rounders. <laughs> yeah. Well, though, especially in that draft. Well, and I will say about the second round stuff. If we want to explore that a little bit more, right? He's he's hit on a few that are going to get second contracts or that have value not only in the eye of the Hornets but in the eye of all the other NBA franchises out there that would have given these other guys, you know, playing time. Right? Not only even second round picks, but Caleb, I, Caleb Martin was not drafted. And and if I'm not mistaken, right. I, I, so Co Cody obviously was, but mm -hmm. Caleb Martin here with the Hornets develops into a player where the heat are actually using him. Now Cody gets a three year, $8 million a year contract. So they value him to keep him, but they trade Devonte for a first round pick. It's something I thought the Hornets were going to be worse. And they, they barely got that first round pick from <laughs> the Pelicans, but they got it. So thank God. Um, and then it turns out to be a good trade after that. And uh, and now they're trading Jalen McDaniels. And so I, I just hope they're able to capitalize enough on this value. I think the most they've been able to capitalize so far on is a first rounder from the Pelicans, you know, that yeah. with, with Devontae. That's the best one. And now Devontae's since gone to San Antonio. Um, and we'll see what happens with Bryce. Is he just going to be the latest second round pick that either gets a, a small second contract, yet a second contract, or does he have the highest potential or is he going to be shipped somewhere else? We'll see. That's how Mitch Kupchak's operated so far. But I think, I think Bryce has the potential to be one of these sneak second round all-stars someday. I mean, I really, that's where I'm putting the ceiling. I mean, I think Bryce mm. has all, now it's going to take some time, 
but I think he has all the tools, and they're not going to deal that. That's what, they're looking for that, and they didn't find that with Jalen McDaniels. They found the ceiling, and I think the you know they tried to give Jalen a little bit more of an expanded role. I think Jalen's going to do great in his new stop because there'll be better players around him, and he won't be yeah. asked to do as much. But but they tried to ask him to do a little bit too much, and it overwhelmed him. You know, and, and I think. But- well, yeah. I know you're a big Jalen fan, so you're going to well, disagree you with that. Well, you keep bringing it back to him. All I said was the second round <laughs> picks. I was talking about overcome, and then you're bringing it back to Jalen. I talked but, but about Devontae, Martin. What I'm saying is that Bryce, I think, has the potential to make himself untradeable. Like, oh, I, actually, this can be a valuable starting level piece for us moving forward. That Those are the glimmers that I've seen from him. How much time are you willing to give him to reach some of that? Oh, two seasons, you know? Okay. I'm just no because yeah I just you know, how much time because I I like I think even with second round picks it could take longer than that and so that and that's that's the point I mean if you if you take longer than two seasons and all right well the second round pick isn't an all star yet who cares you know like that's yeah I just want to see and it doesn't have to be an all star I just want you to be somebody that can be able to be an athletic guy off of the bench I, I think that's very possible for him someone that is your typical sixth man microwave off of the bench that never sniffs an all star game right but it's still valuable I'm just saying keep this and tape keep this tape when he makes his first all star weekend keep this tape <laughs> we should can we talk about Gordon Hayward he was awesome <laughs> I'm talking yes. about Gordon Yes, we should talk about Gordon. What do you want to have to say about Gordon? Uh, well, I mean, Gordon Hayward, the the dream was real, if only for a moment. The, the thing that scares <laughs> me, honestly, is not the amount of offense that they had in this game, you know, in terms of scaring me from the perspective of are they going to win too many games to compete for Victor Webinyama uh, sweepstakes. That It doesn't scare me because the defense is still really, really bad, and I think that's going to, you know, Atlanta is such a – they're not a physical team. It's actually a great matchup for Charlotte, who is also not a physical team. You know, you look at Denver and some of these other teams that have been able to overcome Charlotte's recent hot starts, and it's been teams that can put a little muscle into you in the second half. Atlanta can't do that. And uh, so th- that doesn't scare me. But Gordon heating up and being aggressive and turning into – uh, the player that I think all of us thought he was going to be, that is a little bit scary in terms of the the ability for the Hornets to win moving forward. Yeah, yeah, super aggressive. I mean, that's the thing that stood out to me. And even before the trade deadline, he looked like he was trying to put his mark a little more on these games. And when he shoots <laughs> Where's nine, it been? Where you been, Gordon? Right? Nine of 12 and four for five from three. I mean, he was that guy. It was, it was a turn back the clock game a little bit. I mean, you know, that's what they signed up for. That's what the vision was. You know what I mean? So, uh, it obviously comes down to health, but it's good to see really for him, man. I mean, it's gotta have been tough for Gordon, uh, over the last couple of years, just to not be able to stay healthy, not be able to do what he wants to do, kind of move how he wants to move out there. Um, it, it, yeah. So you're not worried though, Doug, you, you think maybe somebody will come back to your down to earth, even if it's not Gordon over these next, you know, a couple of months. Well, they need all four. You know, they had four starters in this one go have 20. one of their best games of the season, including Terry Rozier, who hit a ton yeah. of big threes in the fourth quarter. They needed every single one of those players to play to that level, best of the season, to beat Atlanta. Okay, which is a fi- now is a 500 team. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to do much in the playoffs. Let's be honest. So, no, I'm not totally worried. Uh, but, you know, as some of these players that they're playing now, Mark and Bryce, if they start to figure it out, plus Gordon Hayward plays at this level, I don't think it's sustainable. But if it is, and Gordon ruins the Hornets' chances at Victor Weminyama, oh, I'm going to be a little upset. 100%. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. So, yeah, that would be not very fun to see happen with Gordon Hayward out there on the floor. All right, let's go to one other segment here coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have a new Jordan movie in the works. And at the request Whoa. of one David Walker, we are going to discuss it. Michael Jordan? Coming up in the next segment. That's right. You're Charlotte Hornets owner, at least for now. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect uh, with them fast and for free. They make it easier to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. Again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba that's linkedin.com slash locked on nba to post your job for free terms and conditions apply one more segment to go locked on hornets this is locked on hornets to start this off we all know about lebron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare by the time 2019 closes bismack biombo is planning to have six take that lebron It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Okay, so apparently there is a new Jordan movie coming out that does not star Michael Jordan at all. Doesn't even feature him whatsoever. And you're going to have Ben Affleck. You're going to have Matt Damon in this cast. Uh, David, I know this this is all you, baby. You are the Chewbacca of the group. And I know you're excited about this a little bit, I think. What's your uh, take on what's about to happen with this new Jordan movie? Yeah, very excited about this. Our buddy Sean O'Connell uh, texted or hit me on Twitter said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you? And uh, there's no scale. There's no limit to wow. this excitement right now. Yeah, Jason Bateman is involved as well. Uh, Chris Tucker, I believe. Marlon Wayans. Um, a lot of good cast members. Uh, Affleck and Damon back together again. I've heard about this, um, I don't know, going a couple months back, but it's basically the story of Nike, Sonny Vaccaro, finding Michael Jordan, uh, taking the big gamble on him, not signing any other (laughs) players, not signing any other players, but giving, uh, you know, a a, a signature shoe, which has not happened, to a rookie who had never stepped on the court, Doug, never happened before. (laughs) Um, third round pick and they decided to give that to him they you know they they they, they gambled on michael jordan and they won they won big this is crazy that they found michael jordan like he was a national champion he you know he had one of the, the biggest shots in college basketball history to that it's point it's true like yeah i mean you know the whole the whole thing that like oh you know i get that they took a chance on one guy and you know went all yeah, in and that, that was that was, that was not unique. the model Right, but the trailer made it seem like yeah, they just they went to some back road well, and discovered this. To, oh, yeah, he who's drove this? Down oh, to this the... Mike it, M- Mikkel Jordan. Oh well, let's see what he can do. No, every like, time of course. I see, every time I see a movie do that, I always think of the opening to Days of Thunder where they are out in the farms of Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm, there are farms, I guess, or there were <laughs> around Charlotte <laughs> at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's Sonny Vaccaro driving through the 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 roads of North Carolina to, to go talk to not Michael Jordan, but it appears that Dolores Jordan will be heavily featured in this in this movie. So yeah, no Michael Jordan at all. I think I saw the Wait, back do we of know his that? Head. Do we know that for a fact? I know the trailer did not feature. Do we know that He's, for a fact that there is going to be no 
Uh, maybe do we get a little bit of Michael Jordan back of the head? Yes. So in the trail, you can see, I believe it must be MJ <laughs> walking into some sort of board meeting uh, with that familiar gait, you know, and uh, whoever they got to do that is, is spot on. Maybe it was MJ. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's filled in for that. But yeah, no Michael Jordan in this movie. Uh, that's the reports. So interesting Michael choice. B. Jordan, is that the back of the head just for one for one snap? And that's about it. Yeah, I think no, they should. I think they should do CGI and like de-age Michael Jordan for this movie. Yes, That's what I think. well, they've Just done that Jordan in the past. Yeah. And there was a commercial. Jamal Crawford played him in a famous commercial where the Bulls Michael Jordan played the North Carolina Michael Jordan. You can go look mm, that up on YouTube that as well. So, did you guys watch the trailer? Did you watch the the trailer for this? No, I've only seen. Okay. A, I, oh, I don't wow. think I've seen the full trailer. <laughs> I've seen. Well, no, I, I saw like a clip of it or something like yeah. that during the commercials. And I basically saw Ben Affleck at a desk. That's the only mm -hmm. thing I remember seeing something mm -hmm. like that. But the answer is really no. Yeah, he's playing I think Phil this Knight. Is, I think this is going to be a bad movie. I'm just going to. I know Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They've done some great. This seems a little cash grabby to me. This seems to be. Uh, I think, especially for people in the know, I guess it's going to uncover some stuff for people that don't pay close attention to this. But I don't Never. think we're going to find out anything revelatory. I don't think that it's going to have some message that like blows you away or some idea. I mean, I really feel like this is going to be just sort of a paint by the numbers thing. I, <laughs> I do like the casting of David Falk as Chris Messina. Uh, if you've seen the yeah. movie Project, he's the male lead in uh, in that show. Uh, now, the movie will win me over. If in the uh, sort of lead up to introducing David Falk, we get a cut scene where Alan Bristow, former general manager and head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, is trying to choke out David Falk because that reportedly happened during the Alonzo morning holdout. There's a little Hornets history for you that you find out on every HornetsBoxScore.com. Uh, but yeah, that reportedly happened. Uh, Alan Bristow trying to choke out um, David Falk. So if they did that cut scene, then, then they'll win me over. Yeah, if that's included in the movie, then yeah, that's going to be one of the better moments of Charlotte Hornet cinema history, right? You'll have Space Jam, you'll have, I guess, not cinema, but Family Matters, and then you'll have that. You'll have the the choking scene in there. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to David Walker for hopping on. Shubaka today, the Sultan of Sneakers tomorrow. Find him on Twitter at David B. Walker. All Star we'll Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday, baby. All-star break. That's when it's all going down. So uh, catch us again at the end of the week with David. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment. Every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NBA. Again, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.